Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 304 Elementary Statistics with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. Now to our final video, and we're going to look at an introduction to therapy and psychological uh, therapies. So we talked just uh, in a previous video about psychological disorders, but how do you treat them? And there are very way, various ways to do so. One is psychotherapy is when it involves someone to, um, you know, mainly we call it, sometimes we'll call that talking therapies when we're interacting um, using psychological techniques to help someone overcome their different disorders. It could be a way that they're thinking or understanding their emotions better. A biomedical therapy is when we use medications. And so um, it could, you know, this is traditionally done with a psychiatrist who is a medical doctor focusing on, um, on medicine and on treatment of the mind. Sometimes it's an eclectic approach, meaning it's a variety of different ways where someone may actually be getting medication, but also seeing a therapist, a psychologist, a counselor, in order to help them get through um, the issue that they're struggling with. Um, different uh, psychologists have tried different therapies. Um, Sigmund Freud used uh, free association where he'd mention a word and then uh, people would say the first word that came to mind. Uh, talked about their dreams, talked about uh, repressed feelings, and um, even though this type of therapy is not used so much today, it did set us uh, sort of the foundation for a lot of therapy that's uh, continuing on today. The, um, uh, the type of therapy that Freud used was called psychoanalysis and uh, also psychodynamic therapy. Theory. So using the theories that Sigmund Freud uh, promoted and we talked about earlier, and uh, so the, um, they tried to un make the con unconscious conscious and tried to give a lot of uh, uh, focus on uh, childhood experiences and also trying to gain insight. Um, well, after a while, people have said there maybe is a different uh, approach needed. And so humanistic therapies, or what we call insight therapies, were developed. Uh, the, the one that's a therapist is most well known is Carl Rogers. And this is understanding the potential for growth that each and every one of us has and self-fulfillment. And so this is often called client-centered therapy where there's a lot of active listening and rather than giving a, um, the, client, the counselor giving, or therapist giving the patient uh, a goal or something like that, it's, it's really kind of walking alongside with them, encouraging them and um, as providing unconditional positive regard. Um, and so it's a, um, it's a type of therapy that even though there's had been changes to this in, over the years. It still has an idea of creating this set of this rapport between the counselor and the patient or client to be able to, uh, to work side by side together. So um, Rogers utilized what we call it active listening skills, where you're able to uh, hear what someone says, re, you know, paraphrase it back, and then invite them. Did this? But what I say, uh, does it sound like I understood? And so 
uh, also reflecting the feelings that you heard. And, and just by that process alone, sometimes the client is able to understand, um, hearing that kind of presented back to them, a, uh, a, a, more, a deeper understanding of is that what they really meant or do they have a chance to decide to change it or, or not. Um, sometimes therapies are behavioral, where we're trying to be change the behaviors of others. And that's the assumption that the behavior is the problem. It's not any childhood experiences or not any lack of goals, but it's just the behavior itself. And so the first, the top video there is using some uh, virtual reality to give exposure to uh, maybe some stressful event. It could be like a fear of flying. And so they're giving this example of what it's like to fly. Or um, there's uh, things that we would use at classical conditioning is, is exposure techniques or if the bottom one if someone has a fear of heights they're just slowly exposed to different heights and they gain confidence in being able to to do this it also is kind of referred to as systematic desensitization and um, where you're able to show that um, if you have a phobia of like snakes or something, just gradually associating with the snake and taking small steps eventually can le overcome that phobia. Um, sometimes they use aversive conditioning where it associates something unpleasant with an unwanted behavior. Um, for example, if you, um, if you drank uh, alcohol repeatedly and there was a trouble with alcoholism, sometimes there's a mixture of, of drugs that cause uh, nausea. And after a while, people start associating nausea with alcohol, and that uh, can lead to the decrease in drinking. Um, we talked about operant conditioning and using rewards and punishments for behavior. And um, again, this has found a lot of, of work in or practice in schools and especially with children who may have disorders that are preventing them from being in a regular classroom. And so by changing their behavior, by offering them rewards and them associating that reward with the behavior they want, um, they're able to see some changes. Um, and so there's a whole field of behavior modification and uh, that's an area that uh, many people often will go into. Uh, they have a desire to work with children. It's a, uh, probably the most popular now is the cognitive therapies. And um, the, uh, and this teaches people to think about new, more adaptive ways of thinking. So let's say that you lost your job. You can have, how do you appraise that situation? Do you think that you're worthless, that it's hopeless, you never find anything? If you do, then it'll lead to depression. Um, if you lost your job, but you believe, man, I just wasn't a good fit, and I deserve something better. And then hopefully no depression will lead. So the idea of how do we think, how do we evaluate, perceive a situation? And so um, the cognitive therapies focus on that. Um, Aaron Beck is well known for uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and his work with depression. And so his goal was to reverse how people thought about themselves and it's a, um, um, you know, the negative thoughts that they had and trying to make corrections with that. It's, um, what it does is it uses some 
some questioning to help expose some irrational thinking and uh, things that will always, you know, that we think that will always happen or never happen and try to gently bring those out. Like, is that really true? And uh, so trying to make persuade clients to, to make some changes. And so it's a, um, it's becoming more uh, of the go-to therapy that uh, uh, psychologists, counselors are using and um, because it's very goal-centered. Um, the, um, you know, some of the techniques is reveal the beliefs that people have and then question those interpretations, uh, test the beliefs, examine the consequences, what you think this will happen, well, what, let's try that and see if that really happens. And then to change the beliefs that people have. Now that takes some time, but it, it, it's shown a lot of um, success with a variety of types of disorders. Um, so it's uh, integrative, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy because it's trying to link the way people think their cognition with the way they act, um, their behavior. So um, there's there's probably, like I said, the, the most prominent uh, method of, of therapy today. Sometimes therapy takes place within a group and um, it can have folks who are experiencing a similar situation. It's, um, it can be someone who has a, uh, um, you know, you've probably heard of Alcoholics Anonymous or people who've maybe gone through a divorce or a death. And um, one of the ways is it's um, usually less expensive than the individual therapy. And it allows people to make, to take some chances socially. And uh, a lot of times people come out of there realizing they're not the only one who's feeling that way. So group therapy does have a variety of, of benefits as well. And you just have to determine if that's the appropriate uh, type of therapy for the person that you're working with. Family therapy understands um, that people are part of a system and that if, for example, if there's a, an adolescent who is misbehaving or has a disorder, how does that connect, that child connect with their parents or siblings and others? And often find that there's some damaged relationships and so family therapy may start <clears throat> because of the behavior of one individual in the family but it brings a whole family together and uh, works on some relationships there. So the idea is we see a family is a, is a system and each part and each person affects the other. So uh, our evaluating our psychotherapies is is psychotherapy effective? And so, you know, uh, what are people, what do they believe? And uh, usually, you know, for the most part, um, we want to believe that we took the effort to go to see a therapist that was worth the effort. And um, so we want to, if you make the effort to go to see a therapist, you want it to be successful and the therapist wants it to be successful as well. So, um, you know, there has been studies that look at the, of, of, uh, you know, and how do you measure psychotherapy, whether it's effective, and they've, um, uh, and so what they found is that 
not undergoing people who do not undergo psychotherapy often improve. Um, you know, things tend to get better over time. But those who undergo psychotherapy are more likely to improve and improve more quickly uh, with less risk and relapse, meaning that if you do uh, engage in psychotherapy, then you're probably going to get better sooner. And if a similar stressor comes in your life, you're able to handle that better. Um, you know, there's not one type that uh, works uh, best. It, it has a lot to do with the individual that is undergoing therapy. So um, there's, if you desire to go into therapy, you you know, it takes some years of training and some uh, licensure. And so there's, um, but there's some who focus on the science of therapy and some who just have the relationships and really don't approach it from a scientific but just a relational component. The, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the cognitive and cognitive behavioral therapies have found to be successful. And um, so those are what is uh, often said practiced by a lot of therapists, is what a lot of insurance companies are willing to pay for. Uh, so it can, but a lot of times it depends on the individual that's undergoing therapy, but also, you know, what the issue is that they're dealing with. So, um, what's the benefit of it? Well, it provides some hope. And for people who have been undergone this disorder for, um, for some time, maybe they've lost hope. But being able to, to work with someone who really believes that hope is, uh, is there, and it, it can be a, a valuable experience. It gives them a new perspective of not only their view of the world, but another view, a more objective view. It provides social contact and trusting and, uh, and a caring relationship. Um, so different th cultures have different uh, emphasis in their psychotherapy. And uh, again, we've talked about individualistic, which um, we see in the one-on-one -on -one therapy. But some cultures are more collectivistic, where the, everyone is connected within a system and like with a group therapy or family therapy. So I uh, won't read through the whole list here, but um, if you or someone you know is experiencing these uh, issues that are listed here, um, I encourage you to, to take a step forward and, and uh, to reach out to a psychotherapist. Uh, they understand that it, it could, the first meeting is usually the hardest just uh, to make that decision to go forward, but also uh, working with your pastor and helping them to, to maybe find out who would be a good person to, to see or, um, or some counselor that you can rely on. Um, so you want to have someone that's been trained, someone who understands what they, um, you know, who's been licensed, who really does understand the field. Um, so our area here is the biomedical um, and so it assumes that the body the mind is a unit and so they this is practicing things like aerobic exercise um, light exposure um, 
getting enough sleep, proper nutrition, these things are important and often um, need to be addressed first um, and uh, decide you know, if you can make these changes, will it have an effect on your life as well. Um, using different types of drugs, such as antipsychotic drugs for those with schizophrenia and anxiety disorders or antidepressants, have shown to be effective. And sometimes you need to be able to find the right dosage, find the right drug, and sometimes it takes time. It doesn't happen immediately once you start taking a drug. It takes a while for that to work in your system. But uh, working with uh, your physician or psychiatrist to find the right one can yield a lot of benefits. Um, something to stabilize your mood, which allows you to, to reduce stress, to be able to start to think things in a new way. And uh, so those are uh, available to us as well. And um, there's different types of stimulation effects, and I'll let you see that in your textbook and uh, the variety of ways that they use stimulation to, uh, to bring about some different changes. Um, the, the most uh, radical part is psychosurgery, where they actually go in and remove or destroy brain tissue. And if they do that, it's irreversible, of course. Uh, it's the most drastic, and it's the least used way to intervene. Um, but um, where it used to be uh, general areas of the brain, they've been able to have it on a much smaller scale and much smaller areas to bring about control of seizures or, or overcome major depressive disorders. And uh, you can uh, um, see that here's a variety of different therapies and, and aims and uh, the, the way they have. Well, it's been my pleasure to be with you for these lectures and I hope that you'll find the field of psychology interesting and may God bless you and your studies.